the, the issue of, of jealousy and envy uh, is probably bigger than we realize. It's probably a greater problem than we realize. Uh, and as I heard like Father Mike Schmitz, uh, he, he described it this way, which I found very helpful. He said, God is sometimes described in the Old Testament as a jealous God, right? So we hear that and think, that's, well, that's, hang on, that, that sounds sinful. What's the story there? So jealousy isn't necessarily a bad thing. It depends on how it works. So for example, say you're, you're out on a, a night with your, your wonderful wife and uh, you go over to the bar to acquire some beverages and uh, while you're at the bar you notice that a fella's kind of coming over to your wife with all the, <laughs> with all the swagger on and, uh, and he's talking to your wife and, that, and then you kind of come over with the drinks and you're like, good evening to you both, how are you, how are you doing, this is, this is my wife, yeah, this is, it's great, lo- lovely venue isn't it, yeah, it's lovely over there as well I hear, it's really good in that corner over there, like away from here, is that clear, <laughs> enjoy yourself, do you mean, so you'd kind of, you would not exactly, it's not, you're not exactly being rude or anything, you're just being, it's my wife. <laughs> and similarly, like with, with God, you know, we are, we are his chosen people, so he does not want any kind of enemy interfering, any enemy trying to lure us away from this personal relationship with him. So in that sense, it's, it's a good thing, okay? So, and, and jealousy can be kind of wanting something for yourself, and that can, that, in depending, on the, depending on the circumstances, it can be a good thing. Envy, on the other hand, is seeing what someone else has and saying, I do not want them to have it. I do not want them to have it. So it's not that, like, I, I see someone who's achieved greatness and I'm kind of in, you know, a small bit jealous of their success, but in the sense that I, I'm, I'm inspired now to try and emulate or imitate them in some way. But I see what someone else has and I'm not inspired or, or driven or motivated, I just don't want them to have it. See the difference? It's, like, envy is, there's something really, really sinister about, about envy. And I heard this awful story of, of, of a person before who, who was working in an office and um, had been married for three or four years at this point and they were finding it difficult to conceive. And then in the office, uh, one, of the, one of her uh, colleagues came in with the photos of a 12-week scan and absolutely delighted that she was pregnant and so on. Everyone was bringing, you know, gifts and knitting little socks and baby showers and all the rest. And she said, I could feel in my heart this envy, envy, envy taking over. Not so much that I wanted to have a child, which isn't a, is, is a good, you know, I would like to have a child. It's a good, a good desire. But I don't want her to have a child. You understand? Like, it's, it's very, very, very sinister. Why am I saying all this? Um, our gospel today and our reading, but more, more, especially, more particularly our, our reading, speaks about this spiritual struggle that's going on. Put on God's armor so that we're able to resist the devil's tactics. For it is not against human enemies that we have to struggle, but against the sovereignties and powers who originate in the darkness of this world, the spiritual army of evil in the heavens. So our, our battle isn't just against flesh and blood, but our, our battle is against the powers and principalities. Our, our battle is against evil. Our battle is against the devil as well. So there's two points I want to make this morning, or two issues I want to focus on. What particularly does the, envy, does the enemy want? Or what particularly does he, does he fight against? So the Book of Wisdom tells us that through the envy of the devil... 
death entered the world. Through the envy of the devil, death entered the world. It's a powerful kind of a powerful phrase. Through the envy of the devil, death entered the world. So what is the, is the devil envious of? You remember, it doesn't say jealousy, it says envy. So who, who is, is, is the enemy jealous of? Well, I don't think he's jealous of us because he's smarter than us, he's better than, how would you say, <laughs> is, he, is the devil better than us? Uh, he, he's, he has a superior nature to us, okay? So I don't think he's jealous of us or envious of us. But when it comes to, to God, he is envious. He's envious that God could have us. So he wants to take us. He doesn't want God to have us in heaven. He wants to take us. He wants to divert us. He wants to distract us. He doesn't want God to have our love. He doesn't want God to have our attention. He doesn't want God to have our time. So what's he going to do? Well, in his persistent, persistent, persistent little tugs away, he'll try to get us to give less and less time to God to make God less and less of a priority. And, but he's smart, so he won't say, take God off your list altogether, you know, forget God, don't believe in God, leave the church. For that, he generally won't tempt us to do that, because it's too obvious. But he'll say, yes, it's not important today. You know, you've worked hard, or it'll, you know, you'll have time later on, you'll have time tomorrow, you're going to Medjugorje next week, you know, you've been to Mass yesterday. Um, there'll always be a reason that, that right now, in this moment, prayer isn't important. So prayer is not a priority. But like, it's amazing how we'll always find time for certain things. We always find time for eating. We always find time for showering. We always find time, time well, we always find time for, for uh, catching up with our Facebook. We always find time for things that we consider our priorities. Always find time. But the enemy is just very, very good then when it comes to, to, to other things that are good for us, good for our soul, just little by little, making them less and less of a priority. But as I say, he's smart enough not to tell us to take it off the list altogether. It's just these other things are just, just they're more important just today. Work, or hobbies, or fun, or whatever it may be, anything. But just, prayers, just, just, yeah, just, but you, you'll get it done, it'll be fine, it'll be fine. Not a priority. And so, it's a subtle kind of a temptation. Why? Because the envy, through the envy of the devil, death entered the world. He's trying to take us away from God, that we don't give him the time that he deserves. We don't give him, the, the, we don't make him the priority that he should be, i.e. number one. We don't make him a priority. He's in, the, he's in there, amongst other things. And it's good, yeah, it's good that we pray. Nothing against it. And, I, and I'll get around to it. I will. Probably, hopefully, if the day goes according to plan, which it never does. So that's, that's one thing. So he's envious that God could have us. Another aspect of that is that he hates the fact that God reveals himself to us as a father. As a father. So he will do everything and anything to tarnish the image of fatherhood and to direct us away from seeing God as father. It's so interesting. It's so kind of, when, you, when you, like you read the catechism of what the church teaches about our faith and what the church teaches about how God has revealed himself, it's just so interesting that this can be said so, so, so often in the liturgy and in sacred scripture, and it can still completely go over our heads. 
Jesus, when you pray, what do you say? When you pray, pray like this. Our Father. Right? It's the second word. In, in Latin, it would be the first word. Pater, Noster. Right? It, Father. Pray to God as Father. Our creed. We believe in one God, the Father. And five more times after that, we keep calling God Father. But you ask any, your average Joe Soap out in the street, who is God for you? How many will say he's Father? I'd say none. I'd say people would say he's you know, goodness, he's love, he's energy, he's positivity, um, he's eternal, he's powerful, he's creator, all these kind of things. Not necessarily wrong, we won't go into each one of them. But how many will say, like, he's, he's like blue in the face and telling us he's father. How many of us will see him as father? Strangely, very few. Again, this is a deliberate tactic of the enemy. Right, because of his, his envy of God, he doesn't want us to have a father-son, father-daughter relationship with God. He doesn't. So he will attack that. And the flip side of that, the, 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 other side, the positive side of that, is if we do invest in time, do invest our time in seeing God as father, and in re- if you will, resting with God as father, the, the, the spiritual benefits, I've, in my own life, I've seen them as immediate. Immediate. There's like an immediate... I don't know, satisfaction, consolation, and immediate grace. It's, it's, it's very special. Like when, we, when we begin to see and live a relationship with God as Father, as Father, as Father, it changes everything. It really changes how we pray. It really changes how, how we see him. Because then our prayer isn't just kind of, I don't know, wishful thinking. But it's, it's us speaking to, to a God who we consider our Father, a God who has shown himself to be Father, a God who has shown himself to be the best of fathers if our experience of fatherhood wasn't good, which is possible. If our own dad let us down in some way, if our own dad was absent, if our own dad was uh, neglectful, if we don't even know who he was, okay, God isn't that kind of father. God is fatherhood perfected. So his envy, the envy of the devil, is, is it drives him to separate us from God as our father. So one last thing. What really combats these attacks isn't our strength, isn't our power, isn't our wisdom, isn't our vast experience. It's none of that. What helps us to combat the enemy is humility. Humility to recognize our need for God, to recognize and, and, and remember and follow what God has said to you, how God has guided you, and to listen to those who God is, is, is speaking to you through. Or like God can speak to us, as I say, through readings or homilies or talks or spiritual directors or good friends or, or you might even just see a poster on a notice board that just really inspires you, whatever it may be, or, or, or on... on the internet you might come across some some just really god-centered inspirational post that just really just really for that moment just really really strikes you good if the lord is speaking you through that filter it what are our filters is this true and does god want this so is this true if so if what's being said isn't true then you, you don't have to ignore you just you don't, you don't have to listen to it does god want this so if it's true and god wants this then what are you waiting for so but that takes humility because without humility, when we hear or when we see or when we receive these, these, these kind of messages, we'll filter it through, do I want this? 
Do I like this? Do I understand this? And if I don't want it, or I don't like it, or I don't understand it, or it doesn't make sense to me, then I won't do it. But that's not humility. How is God supposed to guide you into doing only what you know and only what you understand, considering your limited understanding and knowledge? Humility is allowing ourselves to be guided by God. Humility is allowing ourselves to be guided by God. Allowing him to be God in our lives. And this is what really disarms the enemy. Why? Because the enemy is smarter than us. So if I only do what I understand and what I know and what I can reason my way through, he's smarter than you. So he's able to make little suggestions into your, into your mind that say, look, I mean, yeah, you sure? Do you really need to pray? Do you really need to serve? Do you really need to forgive? Do you really need to be pure? Do you really need to stop drinking? Do you really need to be you know, modest or whatever it is, surely everyone else is doing these things. You know, he's, and little by little by little by little, you find yourself going back to your old life or going back to your own way of, your old way of thinking because he's got time and he's smarter than you. So if, if we filter everything only through our reason, well, ultimately it's, it's pride. And secondly, I mean, that's his playground. He's smarter than us. Whereas humility Humility is what allows us to, to say, oh, personally, I think this, or I, uh, but, but what, what was said to me, I know is true. So yes, there is something maybe about me that needs to change. It's true, okay. Well, if it's true, then does God want this? Well, I believe so. Grand, well then stop thinking about it and just do it. Obey in humility. And this, this is such, I mean, in, our, in religious life as well, obedience, like, is, obedience is such a blessing where you do something where it's against your will. You'd prefer to be here or do that or whatever it is, and you obey because you trust your superior, and then you see the fruit. But you see fruit that you could never have imagined possible. You could never have planned this, but it worked out much better than you could have known, much better than, than you could ever have envisaged because you were obedient. There's such, there's such a blessing in it. There's such a protection in it too. So, in this battle against the sovereignties and powers that originate the darkness of this world, the spiritual army of evil in the heavens. It's good to be aware of his tactics, that he's driven by envy. He does not want God to have us. He does not want God to be recognized as our father and to know how to combat him through humility. Through humility. Think of our blessed lady. I mean, all of hell could surround her. And what would she do? Would she say, get away from me, for I am the Immaculate Conception? <laughs> no, no, she wouldn't. She'd kneel in prayer. And what can they do for her? She'd kneel in prayer. So we ask the Lord to teach us in our daily battles to combat the enemy, not with our great strength, wisdom, and knowledge, but with humility. <laughs>